The New York of the imagination, Dave. Is that where you were? That's where I was. Uh, I just got back from the New York of real life. Welcome home. The New York of the imagination is the New York that the show Katie Keene is set in. I love it. Katie Keene. You mean Katie Keene that premiered last night? Katie Keene that premiered last night on the CW. And uh, at the time of this airing, it will be available on demand. So please watch it if you haven't already. Full disclosure was co-created by my boyfriend. But that aside, it's my favorite show. I've never wanted... They call it the New York of the Imagination because it is kind of a fairy tale. I mean, it's set in... We need one. These days. It's just the most delicious, like a a show that I want to live inside. And so we are kind of shamelessly promoting it, uh, but not because anybody has asked me to, I just, I just want to. And I know that our, our people are going to love it as much as I do. It is such, such, such a fun show. Katie Keene, CW. It's available on demand today. Yes. It's so dreamy. And so I, and I I went out to New York uh, and saw Michael. He was, they shoot out there and went to his rap party and, um, did a couple interviews while we were there in the yep. New York Earwolf and Stitcher studio, mm-hmm. which is like a, yo, you've been in there. I have not. Oh, you haven't? No. It is a an alternate universe version of this studio. Cool. Good. So you, you weren't the thrown. table with the signatures all over it. Yeah. It is a very similar aesthetic. Saw our little picture card thing on the wall. Great. It was lovely. Matt, I can't help but notice you're wearing a gold chain. Oh my God. Thank you for noticing. I almost wore it outside the shirt. Let's take a look at it outside so, the shirt. So, again, I, sorry to shamelessly promote uh, things by people I love, but my friends Shira Casp and Daniel Feldstein, mm-hmm. I've said it before, they have a jewelry line that you can f- check them out on Instagram. They are called The Ten Jewelry. Yeah. They're still very early stages, but this chain that I'm wearing here is just is a thin little number. It's solid gold. I, I went right. over to Dana's house, right. trying it on, not feeling if I was ready to become a chain person. Yeah. You know, I've been kind of grappling with this for a while, wanting to, and now I'm just embracing it. I think it's great. I I like it it outside the shirt. I do too. And I, oh, and I said, okay, if I, but if I do it, I'll never put it outside the shirt. But if you're, if you're, if you're wearing a button down shirt, then it's getting a little crazy. No, but for a t-shirt. For a t-shirt, I do kind of like it outside the shirt. I like it. Not done. No. Turtleneck. No. T-shirt. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I'm telling you. I can see you in one of these. You might see I me in one, to of see you in one of these. Seeing you in one of those makes me want to be seen in one of them. I got this because I wanted to have, I wanted to wear it to New York. I did um, a bit sesh live there. Tell me Casey everything. and Danielle. That was so much fun. They were at Town Hall, which is basically like a Broadway theater. I yeah. mean, you know, their fans are, it is a, it is a live sporting event. Now, are, have, you, have you seen the queen yet? On Netflix? No. Because the, the final uh, pageant is at Town Hall. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, my God. All the iconic moments. Yep. Converging. The Queen and Bitch Sash Live at yeah. Town Hall. Um, it was some, but they did a 5.30 show and an 8 o'clock show. They're both packed and sold out. But when I got there for the 8 o'clock show, they were like, oh, my God, did you hear Andy showed up and surprised us? So Andy Cohen had just surprised the 5.30 audience. Ugh. 8 o'clock got me. They also got Deanna Chang, which is exciting. But- Beloved uh, figures. Uh, sure, but I mean, come on. I yeah. would be so disappointed. I, you oh, know. please. But, uh, and you'll show up we, to the opening of an envelope. We had so much fun. Um, I just uh, adore them and adore their audience. And a lot of people came up to me who like this show. And yeah. It was the best time. And, and then Michael and I saw West Side Story, which was incredible, beautiful, big gut punch. We saw The Inheritance. Yeah. 
which I I don't even want to get. I would just yeah, want you to I, see it. You I just know, have to see. It. I know. I know. I know. I know. We did interview one of the actors from The Inheritance, Jordan Barber, who's yep. amazing. And so you'll hear him coming up soon. It's we'll hear coming. about the show, and hopefully by the time that airs. You will have seen it. We can do a full deep we'll dive on the fully run it down. So, of course, listener, get yourself to New York, the yeah. New York of real life, mm-hmm. and uh, and see the inheritance. It is uh, it is Oscar weekend. Yes, very exciting. Do you have your thoughts? Do you have your picks? Do you have your your favorites? You your know, hopes, your I'm dreams? still coming down off the sort of award show on the TV side and the the gen of it all. Yeah. So to me, to me, award season has sort of already peaked, and yeah. I don't have. I, don't, I just don't feel invested. In There's no TV in this one. Yeah. There's no. Okay. Yeah. No, I get it. What are your? Uh, who, who are you kind of I, holding out for? Uh, could not care less mm-hmm. this year. Mm-hmm. Um, finally, just saw Jojo Rabbit. Liked it. Okay. Uh, really enjoyed Parasite. Oh, sure. Um, there's Parasite. a 0% chance I'm going to get through The Irishman between now and Sunday. No. Uh, I will be hosting a viewing party at the Dynasty Typewriter Theater. Oh. It is free of charge. Uh, just show on up. You might want to RSVP. It's already. It, free seats are going like hotcakes. Uh, what do I have planned? I don't know. But find out on Sunday. And you're 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 viewing and we'll be viewing. You're doing it live. We're doing it live. You're kind of mystery science theatering. Maybe, yeah. Through it, yeah. Fun, yeah. I'll be offering some commentary. There'll be some fun things during the commercial breaks. It'll be if you don't have an Oscar party to go to, come to ours. It's going to be a lot of fun. Even if you do have an Oscar party to go, blow to, it off. To come one. to ours. Come to ours. We will. I promise not to take it too seriously. Hottest ticket in town. However, Katie Keene, on demand. Yes. Watch it now. Is it on Hulu? Is it on? Uh, it, I think right now you're just going to go to On Demand and I don't know, figure it out. It's okay. on the CW. People can find it. They'll find it. Uh, and our guest this week is one of the leads of the show, Johnny Beauchamp, who plays Jorge. So Katie Keene, I don't think we talked about this in the interview, but Katie Keene is a, a, a like an iconic comics character from the Archie universe. Right. So... This is a spinoff of Riverdale and there is some crossover with Riverdale, but it's completely, you know, Riverdale is like pulpy and crime and very, and, and very dark. And Katie Keene is the opposite. It is bright and optimistic yeah. and sweet and lighthearted and escapist. It's like just everything you want it to be. Yeah. Um, it just goes down so easy and you just fall in love. And, and it's, it's, you know, it's about, you know, just for, you know, people in their twenties trying to make it for young Dreamers drivers in the trying big to city. make those dreams come true in the New York imagination. Anyway, Johnny Beauchamp plays Jorge, uh, whose alter ego is Ginger, uh, who's his, uh, drag persona he performs in. And Johnny is a true boy wonder. He's, Incredible. The whole cast is like pitch perfect and he is too. And we had such a good time chatting with him. Yeah. Johnny brings it. He sure does. He does not hold back. Gives great podcasts and uh, you'll see for yourself. Enjoy Johnny after the break. Johnny Beauchamp. Hey, thank you for doing this. Of course. You were in the home stretch of shooting the finale. Yeah, that's true. We're literally, I think we're about four days out from like finishing it, which is kind of, kind of mind blowing. It's so exciting. Uh, I, I have gotten to see uh, many episodes. You've stolen my heart. Oh. And Michael obviously is 
just adores you and you've been such a joy for him to work with. So we're so lucky to have Michael as our showrunner because, you know, it really everything stop, starts from the top down. So it begins with Michael. It really takes off with Lucy and the two of them together have just cemented the most incredible work environment. Like uh, I, I said this in a couple of interviews before, but um, I've never worked on a project that was so immensely collaborative where I am actually asked, you know, what do you think? Like, yeah. how do you feel about this? What do, what do you, uh, for a number of this, like, kind of vibe, what are you thinking? And, like, you know, I won't say that all my suggestions are taken, but they're taken into account. And, and that's, um, it's a really amazing place to kind of be for an artist, especially an actor, like, to kind of feel like your voice is heard and, and um, that we're all on the same page and just that the, the people care. Yeah. That the powers that be with our network, because you know it's a pretty big network. It's yeah. Warner Brothers, CW, that they that they care um, about your portrayal and they care for your two cents. You know, they want they want to hear where where your brain's at as well. And I, that's something completely new for me. So, tell us a story of getting the role. What was going on in life? Where wow. were you? What happened? It's so funny. I I almost feel weird saying it because it sounds super cliche, but. <laughs> Um, so I had had I had had some like a few minor successes uh, in my twenties outside of college, um, but unfortunately uh, those opportunities uh, seemed to have dried up. Um, I also lost my team, like my manager that I was working with for a really long time, who would help me um, get those gigs, and um, it was just a really weird time. So I I. I was living off of like my residuals at the time and that had dried up. And so I would work during the winters in New York, this is for about three years straight. And then during the spring and summer, I would just jet out to LA to try to find representation, just to try to find opportunity. And I did that for three years. Like I kind of go out there till I blew all my money and then come back to New York with my tail between my legs and start all over again. But 2018 was a really hard year for me. Um, and I was working at the Cornelius Street Cafe, which mm. is was a New York institution. It's been I, there since 1977. I can't believe it's gone. Isn't that wild? I'm... And you know what's even crazier is that this was um, this week actually was the the week I auditioned for Katie Keene. Really? Um, and so my screen test was my first audition was this week, and then my screen test was next week, which I believe was actually the seventh. And then on the eighth, I had another one, and I, that's when I booked the role. But I had never in my life ever considered doing anything else. I'd never kind of done the backup plan that, you know, we're really told we should do. Mm -hmm. I just didn't, I didn't do that. And I was just so poor. <laughs> Which is the most Katie Keen thing. I know. For the, the, it was the so wild. Are. You know, I was living, I was living really rough and I was working for nothing at the Cornelius Street Cafe. And the only reason why I stayed so long there was because my best friends from high school we were all working there, and so my friend Tomas was the manager, so he made sure that I wasn't get, I wouldn't get fired. <laughs> and you know, they also co we covered for each other. Like yeah. if someone had an audition, like we we ha handled it. But that was the first time in my life. Sorry, this is a little overdrawn, no, no. but it was the first time. It was 2018, and I really thought, you know what? Maybe it's time to do something else. Maybe I had a little bit of shine. I, I really kind of 
saw things that I never thought I would see. I lived in Europe for the first time. You know, I saw Europe. I, I traveled. I worked. I got to work with some of my heroes. Um, and I thought maybe it's time to change anything because I was just so tired of not having anything, of living hand to mouth. And so I had submitted an application to Delta Airlines um, wow. because I had thought at least I'd get to travel, you know. And... Um, to be a, a stewardess, a flight attendant, or anything, and I'd submit, you know, I'd submit my application, which you would be great at, <laughs> but I don't think you're going to have time for that. Peanuts, <laughs> uh, uh, but and so to make ends meet, in between there for like a two week time, I was working at Sony Hall, which is it was the Diamond Horseshoe Club, and it was this old building that they had has been a performance space for years, and it's just had several different iterations, and I was miserable. Mm. Um, I was working the door for. Bupkis. Like, it was just ridiculous. And I remember one night, a couple of people I knew from my performing arts high school showed up because we were doing this big kind of like drag uh, award show. Um, and they were so surprised to see me. I was looking dusty. I was looking real rough. I, And the way that they looked at me, I don't know, it just lit something inside of me. And I said, I will not. And, and it was, they were not cruel or by any means. It was just kind of a shock and a surprise. And they didn't want to address the elephant in the room. And they just kind of kept it 100. And I just felt so taken aback. And I was like, I'm done. I'm not going to, I can't do this. Not right now. Like, I'm still young. And if I have to rough it a little bit longer, I will. And I quit that night. And a couple days later, the role of Jorge or the show Katie Keene had come into my atmosphere from three different avenues. A friend of mine's mother is an agent and she reached out and said, I don't know who you're working with, but I found this script and I think it's perfect for you. A friend of mine who's actually my understudy in a, in a crazy off-Broadway off, off, off revival of Stephen Adliger, just the last days of Judas Iscariot, she was my understudy. I played St. Monica. And she said, you know, I'm, I'm, an, I'm a manager now and I'm working with Stuart Talent and I would love to have a meeting with you. There's this role that's perfect for you. And then... I said, sure, you know, whatever. <laughs> I had nothing to lose. And then my agent, who I was free, I had freelanced with uh, Buckwald at the time for mm -hmm. two years, didn't book a thing. So I was kind of feeling like, you know, it's the two-year mark. You haven't booked anything. It's not personal, yeah, but this is, it. this is a business. And, you know, so I kind of felt like, wow, this may be my last chance. And they submitted me for it, and they got me an appointment. So I said, well, can I get the script? You know, I have an appointment tomorrow. So I said, sure, and I read the script. And um, I'm not a precious person. I don't get precious about stuff, but... Reading the script, I started to cry. And it was, oh man, I'm, I'm such a goober. I'm getting a little teary-eyed right now. But it was the scene in the pilot where um, they talk about Ginger's first performance. And the songs that they had chosen um, were just so me, you know, mm -hmm. so like, and whatever. What the songs? Well, in the script, actually, it was, it started with Evita's Rainbow High. And it went into Material Girl and into um, Rihanna's Diamonds, yeah. uh, which had since changed for clearing purposes. And we were able to salvage Material Girl, thank God. Mm -hmm. uh, and and an we incredible worked performance. Yeah, and it was just so grand. And I thought to myself, like, the, if if I don't do this, I don't know if I'll recover. Again, I don't get precious about things. If an audition passes by, you know, it's not meant. You know, it's fine. On to the next. You know, I'm not... And it's usually a Latina role, so it's, I usually know the person who gets the part. So I'm like, ah, it's my boy Anthony, or oh, it's yeah. Jeremy, or you know, whatever. So it's cool. It's in the fam. But I knew that if I didn't get this, I didn't know if I would recover. Just because it was so wonderful. I never worked on a piece that was 
really queer central that had said that wasn't it was completely far away from token culture it was a really fully fleshed out gay character and he was latino and he was a broadway baby and he loved drag and so i was like have i met these people before like who who wrote this like this is crazy and so i just i lit a candle and i thought to myself i'm gonna do whatever i have to do to get this part whatever i have to do and so i went in the next day and it was the coldest day so far it was a couple it was like 13 below and i had to go to, all the way to bully misha casting which is deep in in greenpoint brooklyn and i lived was living in washington heights at the time and it was really it was like an hour and a half to get there and i'm so nervous and i didn't have any the right clothes because i was so broke but like i had these amazing gucci boots that i'm wearing right now they are um, amazing. they're my lucky boots that a friend gave for to me as a gift and i was like it's, it's such a good so I was like, i'm gonna wear my boots and that's going to be like me when my friends are with me, you know, and my best friend, Anya, who's this amazing singer songwriter. She's like my real life, Josie. Mm-hmm. Uh, she came with me. She's like, girl, I'm calling out of work. I'm going to walk. You know, we're, we're going to run yours. I'm going to walk you because she got it. She knew that this mm-hmm. was important. So I had my girl on my feet and I had my girl to my left and she's holding my hand and we're freezing and we're running the damn scene. And I'm just like so nervous, which I don't usually get like that. Right. Yeah. And I just thought I got to do something to pop and I think I'm going to break the rules a little bit I'm going to tell you a little story Ooh, please. Uh, so I went in there and it was very fast it was very like okay great that was great like I didn't really get any adjustments just one scene no singing two scenes two scenes a little bit of singing but she definitely like was doing this like kind of wrap it up wrap it up because you know give a, give a queen a song and <laughs> she'll give you a show <laughs> but uh, I, I kind of knew I was a little bit pushing it and so there were a couple boys waiting. And as I was walking out, I thought to myself, hey, you know, I, I noticed that uh, there's a lot of drag. And and this is, you know, he's very urban. Jorge, you know, he's from Washington Heights. There, there There's a whole kind of vibe and, and, and an ism that comes with that. And I didn't really see that in the audition. And I'd love to show it to you. Would you mind if I did a rap? Oh, shit. Oh, and... She looked at me. God bless her. For her name is Freya. I just I adore this woman for giving me you know a chance. And she goes, oh, "Okay, okay, but it's got to be quick because you know we're, we're we've got a lot." And I said, "Absolutely." And I just went right into Nicki Minaj's moment for life yes. because a it's the most PC rap Nicki Minaj has, yeah. and b I felt that it completely encompassed the pilot episode for every character, not just for Jorge. Uh, but it's see, it's that moment of recognizing that you are going to chase your dreams and this is your chance and there's no looking back and you see where you come from and you see where you want to go. And it's a bridge song. Mm-hmm. And I just said, screw it. You know, I just went for it, you know, just hoping to ho- stick throwing the spaghetti on the wall and hoping that something sticks. And she said, wow. Yeah. Wow, that was that was pretty good. Yeah, I'm gonna add that to your packet. Kaching. Yeah. So now I knew that LA would see my tape. That was my goal. My goal was just to have LA see me. If they didn't want me, I can't do anything about it. I couldn't afford a flight to bang on the door. You know, I couldn't get. But it, I just wanted that. I wanted to be seen. And I think that was like that cemented it for me. Lo and behold, I got a call that night. Pack a bag, sis. You're going to LA for a screen test. A couple days later, I was like, oh, I got. And I actually missed my flight. Oh, shit. Get into this. Do we have time to talk about this? Get into this. This is how, you know, oh, gosh. Okay. So 
I was running around ragged. They said, bring five outfits for your character to do a photo shoot. So I was like, five outfits? Oh, Jeez. Oh, what am I going to I'm calling my girlfriends. I'm like, sis, I need a crop top. I need, give me a, give me something. Give me, you know, and I'm just throwing all this stuff together. I'm running and I didn't check my email. So apparently they had changed my flight because my flight had been canceled. So instead of being a 6.30 flight to arrive by 7 for boarding, I now had a 6.30 flight. Which means I needed to be there by six to board. Yeah. And I was in the Uber and I didn't get that message because I was just, you know, I was all over the place. And so I get there and I get to the gate and they wouldn't let me on, even though they were still there. And I said, but, but this is my flight. This is my flight. And they go, no, your flight's been canceled. This is the, uh, this is the, um, 630 flight and you're late. And I said, but it was canceled moments ago. It couldn't have this just, you know, this is wild. And they said, you're going to have to go to customer. There's nothing we can do. And so I didn't want to lose my cool. So it was like, oh, OK, OK, I'm going to go to customer service. OK. And there was a very long line. Oh, my God. And the flight left before I could talk to somebody. And I'll never forget this woman. And I and I looked at her and I and she said, well, what happened? You know, I told her the whole story. And she goes, yeah, well, your flight was canceled. And so I was like, miss, I have to level with you. Um, I want to show you this piece of paper, and it were it was my script, my sides for the audition. I said, "Do you see? Do you see what it says on the bottom there?" And it says Warner Brothers TV, CW Network. And I said, <laughs> "Do you see that that watermark name on the paper?" And she goes, "Yeah." I said, "That's my that's my name." And I showed you the email. I'm like, "This is my screen test tomorrow morning," and I have to be there. Oh my god! And then I showed her my. I pulled up my Citibank account, and I showed her my bank account, and how there was nothing in there. And I said, "I don't have." Um, I don't have enough money to get onto this flight and I cannot call production and tell them that I missed this flight because I cannot enter the room with any kind of bad blood. Um, please, I'm adhering to you. I, I, I am. This is my chance. I think I have. I, I, I'm asking you for a miracle. Can you please get me onto a flight? And so she looked at me. And she said, hold on one second. So she calls her superior and she kind of told him what happened, but she kind of made it the the, the door people's fault. Like they that they should have just like she kind of was like, I don't remember. Let's just say her name was Cassandra, but it wasn't. She's like, you know, it's Cassandra at the door. She's acting a fool. (laughs) She should have let him on. What should I do? You want to come down here? Should I just handle this? Of course, the guy's like, just handle it. So she goes, "Okay, do you have seventy five dollars? And I said, yeah. And she goes, okay, I'm going to flag the fee. I'm going to say that you're a member with Delta Airlines and we're going to get you a buddy pass ticket for $75. Now, what that means is you're going to be first in line. I have two seats left. (laughs) I don't know where they're going to be. So I can guarantee you a seat and you'll be on the next flight. Of course, I'm crying, right? Oh, God. And I'm just like, geez, I'm sweat because I was sweating. (laughs) Like I was going to call my mom. I was like, oh, my God. Would you know that the only seat left was a first class ticket? Oh, my God. So I'm sitting in first class to go to Los Angeles after this moment. And I'm I'm wet, right? I'm sweating. <laughs> and someone hands me a glass of champagne. <laughs> and I thought to myself, girl, this is yours. You had every reason to miss this flight. Like they're everything, you know, the, the money, the clothes, every re- and every uh, step of this way, you've seemed to kind of come out swinging. Yeah. So I knew in that moment, it, call it, I don't know, maybe I was full of myself. I don't know, arrogant. I don't know what the term is, but I just knew in my gut. I was like, this is meant. Yeah. Something's going to turn around. And that really gave me 
a breath. Because I hadn't eaten in days. I wasn't breathing. I was just so nervous. I was so shaking because I, I, I felt like this was my last chance until I had to, you know. Do, yeah. And so it, I, sl- I, bre- I slept on that flight, honey. <laughs> and I felt so ready. And I think that's maybe why I possibly went in so well for the for the uh, the screen test and the meeting and the work sessions i was at ease in a way that i norm i'm i'm a new yorker i'm very neurotic and i always see you know the no what could go wrong you know but i was at such a bit because that was such a crazy moment like god bless this woman yeah you know god at gia whatever you believe bless this woman who took who had mercy on this little kid from nyc who had a hope and a prayer in a bag full of crop tops <laughs> <laughs> Again, it is the most Katie Keene story of all time. It's just sort of, you know, this scrappy mentality of doing, as you said, doing literally anything that you can. So it makes sense to me that you would arrive and feel a new, like a sense of calm because it's, if you didn't, if you hadn't done every single thing you could to be there, I don't know what else you could. I don't know either, but I'm sure I would have come up with something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got um, to go back to the airport and find her. I know, like, and I don't know her name. I wish I had written it down. Just, just need to, to at cruise least, the airport, you know, and you just say thank you. Oh my god, you know, just thank you. I'm, I'm so grateful to this woman. Yeah, Johnny, I need a reunion. Yes. <laughs> so when you're not shooting, what are you watching these days? Um. Well, I love Pose. Of course. I think Pose is really awesome. And I know a couple of the girls on Pose. I know a couple of the extras on Pose. Like, it's, it's a very New York show. Mm-hmm. And it is telling, like, a very New York story. A story that we all, my friends and I, because, you know, I call myself ballroom adjacent. I was never participating in the ballroom scene when I was a teenager and a kid. But I was at all the kiki functions. I was at the events. And I knew who was headlining. And I knew who the queens were. And I knew who the house mothers were. And now my, my best friend, Kia LaBeja, is now, like, kind of one of the house mothers of the house of LaBeja. And wow. she's incredible. Incredible. I mean, she's a cis female who walks Vogue femme and wins almost every time. Like wow. she's she's won leg tech. Like she's incredible. So I've always been involved in this world, but I've I've never been a participant. And so, um, watching a show like Pose, like it was, it's kind of awesome yeah. to see it celebrated in that way and telling us a, a story, telling a story from these. And I thought it was just going to be the community. I didn't know it was going to actually focus on the trans women of the community which are have been the unsung heroes of this of the of of this community. Yeah. So I was the first time I saw it I like I was like <gasps> and I was so taken aback and just to see this celebrated so I'm long story short I love pose. Yes. And anybody who has shit to say about pose I don't, you know, I don't really have time for it because I'm really adamant about it. Um, I also really love, I mean, Ryan Murphy obviously is kind of amazing. And so I loved, I loved Fosse Verdon because I'm a Broadway baby. Yeah. Uh, Bob Fosse is, is to me just such an auteur um, and one of my favorite filmmakers, one of my favorite stage directors. And he just had a way in to, to physical storytelling that a lot of people don't. And I, and I believe it's his roots in burlesque and vaudeville ironically or coincidentally, forgive me for not using that English properly, Gwen Verdon also had her start in burlesque. So they kind of came together in this really iconic way. And as a nerd, I like knew all the tidbits because like I love them and I'm just like love the history. But to see it staged out like that, 
even to have like Annie Reiking in there, even to have all of the 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 stuff with uh, Lenny and his time with Lenny, to have like what was going on during all that jazz and the mounting of Chicago and how how you know Gwen was really about it and Bob wasn't, you know, and all this, and to even talk about the infection in her throat that mm-hmm. she had to leave the show and having Liza come in but not doing any press because Liza didn't want to offend Gwen. This was her show, but Bob wanted the show reviewed without Gwen, and it wasn't. It was a hit, and it was amazing. It just and all this of that all stuff. happens in the show. Does somebody yes. play Liza in? Oh yeah. yes, I didn't know this. Yes, Kelly Barrett. Like she's a wonderful Broadway oh, performer, wow. and it's just I think that they did an amazing job. So I just watched that recently, which I thought was really. And the cool. only thing I've seen from it is a a gif of Michelle Williams wiping a tear, and then she does a full. Do you know right. what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, I know exactly like the, the most, yeah. most epic tear wipe of totally. all time. It's a full, you know, And it move. was cool. And, you know, but, and I think it's really cool because if you're like a super Broadway nerd like me, you kind of know these people. But if you don't, it really introduced a whole bunch of new characters mm-hmm. that, that that are true, that are real. And, and they really stuck to the truth, which I, I commend. The only thing they didn't talk about, which I hope no one gets mad at me for saying this, was the juggernaut that was a chorus line and how Fosse hated it because it completely drowned Chicago and it completely became this whole, like, like won the Pulitzer. And he goes, how do you have a show about a chorus and there's only one dance number? You know, he yep. hated it. And, like, he was completely his last huge big Broadway musical, Chicago, which is now iconic and the longest running American show on Broadway in a concert version revival. Um, well, you do go deep. Oh, I'm, I'm a deep diver, baby. <laughs> Um, but he had such disdain for Michael Bennett and a chorus line because it completely, it just eclipsed Chicago. And you have such a great sort of chorus line-esque scene in the pocket. I know. Like, can I tell you guys of like all of the dreams that are coming to you? Like, I mean, I got a lot of dreams. I got a lot of dreams. But so many of them have kind of found a weird fruition in this show that like I almost stopped talking about it because people are going to start thinking that I'm just making it up like Mm -hmm. they're like oh yeah and that dream came true too oh and also this oh and of course you love that but it's true like that I have wanted to be in a chorus line my whole life and to have that kind of and to have Kelly effing divine like beating the steps into me like a Russian sergeant like it was amazing (laughs) because she and Kelly divine's amazing and she'll work with you how you work She's the choreographer that we have for our show and like my life coach. And she only gives you what you can handle. But Kelly knows me and knows that until it's right, it's not right. And I'm not going to sleep. And she respects that about me. So she she leans in and she makes Mm -hmm. sure that I'm hitting it. And I think the reason why we respect each other so much is because I'll say we got to do it again. We got to do it again. And I just felt so bad for those dancers because I'm like, sorry, y'all. We got to go again. And I just, you know, at the end of that rehearsal and those shots, like I was in a bath of Epsom salt. Like I couldn't <laughs> move, but I always say, let's go again. And Kelly appreciates that. Like I'm until it's right, it's not right. And I, uh, I want to make sure it's right. Mm-hmm. And she gives me the space and opportunity to do that. She's sort of the Fosse to your Gwen. Oh yes, is that an Fosse to my cheetah, if you will? <laughs> uh, but absolutely, I, w- I mean, I would love that. I would do anything, Kelly. To, if you're out there, Kelly, anything that you would do, I would hold a rose in the background and pull a curtain. I am game because I just love, I love her energy, I love her soul, but I like her work and I like how she, I like her captainship and how she runs the ship. I, I really uh, respect that about her. And she's no not, it's a rare thing to be the kindest person in the room and to still be no nonsense. 
Yeah. That's that's something that I really aspire to be mm. is how can you assume this no nonsense attitude, but yet you're the night the kindest yeah, and no one has a, both. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's not easy. I can be nice, but then I'm a lot of nonsense. Right. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, getting back to the House of La Beja, have you seen yes. The Queen on Netflix yet? Asia and the Queen? No. No, no. Oh, just The Queen. Wait, the queen. Andy Warhol's The Queen? Yes. Oh, well, let me tell you, no, honey, I haven't seen it on it Netflix, but on I've Netflix. seen it in a movie theater because it was, when I was doing the film Stonewall, it came up in my research and I had heard about it, I would heard about it, but I couldn't find a version of it and... God bless the IFC because they did like a midnight screening of it or something, or it was IFC or Angelica or something. And I happened to catch it before I got on the plane to Montreal and crystal LaBeja. Can you not? No. I mean, Me. I know that like just an iconic, just like hollows, beautiful. She's up, but she did not deserve tonight, honey. Like I just that immense confidence and that I just she's just iconic yeah. for a reason and she's pretty as a picture let me tell you in in a time where it really was just paper clips and makeup holding those queens together you know the silicone hadn't entered the augmentations hadn't entered as much it was a different time and it was a different kind of celebration yeah. and god it just in fact did you know that it's actually playing the IFC as we speak oh really yeah, it's oh, playing wow. this week, actually. And, you know, just to see those frames of, like, ha- beautiful young 22-year-old Harlow in the background, like, well, I didn't mean it, but I just am happy to win. And then just, like, Crystal, like, completely giving the business and just letting them know, if, if all the true queens are not here, honey, because <laughs> they knew it was fixed. And I just, like, how oh, could you not God. love her? <laughs> now, don't storm off, Crystal. Now is not the time to show temperament. Oh, well, I'm going to show much more than temperament, darling. I just lo- I love it. Thank I, you for bringing that. Like, you just kind of made my day. Yeah, that should be required. <laughs> I've, I've been saving it for Michael when he gets back because we've, we've agreed to watch it together. I'm it's so excited. amazing. Absolutely fascinating. Oh, well, you're, you, you've you got your gem to me now for okay, letting me do a crystal impression I on the podcast, that. man. Love it. <laughs> okay, now we'll take a break and be right back with Johnny. And we are back. Oh, welcome back, everybody. <laughs> so, Jorge Lopez is, uh, you know, out gay guy living in New York. Yeah. And um, doing drag. Yes. Navigating dating while being out and while being a drag queen. And it is still trying to uh, hold on to his family relationships. So, how how much overlap is there between his experience and yours in terms of dating and romance let me tell you (laughs) i usually play characters uh that have essence of me of like my kind of energies but are really different jorge is the first time i feel like the line between johnny and jorge is just getting like thinner and thinner and thinner and now it's just like that like dotted line on the highway and it's like it's just like they cross so much i kind of we've come up with the other girls and i on the show they're like jorge's kind of like the disney version of me mm. it's like um m- the the less pessimistic way of me because I, I think you know we all get a, unfortunately we grow and we live and we see things and we get a little jaded but jorge isn't and i almost kind of in a naive way like a lot more bold 
than I am. And it's just like, well, this is it. When are they casting me? I'm ready. Like, he's just very that. Doesn't sound that different from everything <laughs> that I know about you. Well, you know, because, but. well, I say that and then I go home and cry. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. God, I'm not good enough. You know, oh, geez. You know, I really I didn't hit that. No, you know, I go home every night and I think, like, how can I keep up with these girls? Like, they're so amazing. They're and, like, amazing. Lucy Hale is just kind of like... Folks, she's a masterclass because the way she runs this ship is unbelievable. She's never late. She has more dialogue than Prospero and the Tempest. And she doesn't miss. She never complains. She's always got a smile. She talks to everyone. Everyone. And she doesn't lose her cool. She's like a perfect human. She's, and she was engineered to be on... It would make no sense if she wasn't a TV star. I... It's, a, it's, a, it's chilling. And so, you know what's interesting, though? I know we're talking about me, but... It seems like a lot of us, like the core four, we really are, we're very close to our characters. And the, the line is getting thinner and thinner, mm. and, and we're leaning on each other now because we've been working together pretty heavily for six months. And so we're starting to feel each other's moments, and we know the weaknesses and the strengths of us as people, and we, we're holding each other up. And so I've gone off on a tangent, so I forgot your original oh, well, question. Well, I, I but, just want to know what's going on in your dating life. Oh, well, oh, well... <laughs> it's really tough. It's really tough. But um, so I had a I had a really like amazing relationship that um, was was I can't believe I'm talking. About, you know I'm just letting the hair out today, folks. Um, and so we we were together for a long time, and like we you know that was like my partner, like my I thought it was my life partner, and unfortunately, um, and he was with me through the rise of everything. You know, like the he can I even tell you it was so amazing. Um, uh, when I got uh, the the screen test for for Katie Keena, um, without even thinking about it, uh, oh my gosh, I don't I don't get like this. I'm kind of embarrassed, you guys. Um, just give me a sec. I'm just gonna no, take a sec. It means this is a successful podcast. <laughs> if someone's crying, that's the goal. <laughs> without even blinking, um, he opened a credit card and he booked a flight to Los Angeles with me. He was going to get there the next day, though, um, because he wanted to be there because he knew that this was like, um, this is going to be a big moment for me. And he knew that I was scared <laughs> and he wanted to be there for me. And I'll never forget that. And so uh, the first person I saw before I got in the car to go to the screen test and the last person I saw when I left, you know, the first person I told was him. And that was the most amazing thing ever and the most amazing gift. And that's, I think, when I fell, like, really, like, really in love. Mm. And that's when I, I think I I really understood what it felt like to, to be loved and to love someone, you know, unconditionally. And unfortunately, the way things have played out and, like, the like where we are, it's just we, we've broken up and we're not together anymore. And I'm like, and we're still on really good terms and stuff like that. Um and I and he wish you know we he wishes the best for me and I wish the best for him and we're starting like really big chapters in our lives right now but unfortunately it just didn't work out um and that kills me um and that's tough but I I'm very busy right now you know yeah. I don't really have a lot of and this is by choice you know because I you know we do a 17 hour day and I come straight home and I'm working on my script. I need to be on because I'm working with Lucy and I'm working with Catherine Lenaus and I'm working with Julia Chen and I'm working with Ashley and I'm working with Daphne Ruben Vega who's just like been my idol since I was 12 years old uh, and I don't want to drop the ball 
And I want to make sure that I've got choices. I've got different colors. I've got all this stuff. I've got, you know, improvs to throw. They call me the button because I'm always throwing in a button, you know. And I want to make sure my songs are good. And I, and it's a lot. And, and I don't have a lot of time right now for that kind of stuff. It's, it's tough. And it can feel really tough, I think, for the partner as well. And um, I just, the biggest gift right now for me is that I do kind of have this amazing, amazing job that I get to go to. And, you know, I never want to leave. Like, they're always like, Johnny, you have to get in the van. You have to go. And I'm like, but she's doing this. You have to go for your turnaround, you know. And I'm just really lucky that I can kind of lean into that right now. Oh gosh, guys! I'm and, so embarrassed. I have oh to just God, say, like that was. Uh, I didn't. I didn't expect that. No, <laughs> and uh, thank you for being so so open. We're yeah, happy and, you to know, receive it. Well, it's a part of life. You know, this is the the human part of things. Is that we all kind of go through this. And sometimes when your work life is really taken off in an amazing way, sometimes your personal life uh, takes a backseat, and and things can get muddied. And so the balance of that is something I think maybe I'll be working on for the rest of my life. Like, who's to say? Um, But what I can say now is, is that I, I couldn't be luckier. And I'm really living my dreams. And there, you know, sometimes we can't understand why things are the way they are, but they make sense later. What but are you are coming? You, oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. This delay is is killing us. Yeah. When um when when the the focus does turn back to your personal life, what what are you looking for? What's your ideal relationship? Are you well, a monogamy person? Or are you a MIA <laughs> other dot dot dot? Uh, like? I I. I think it's case by case, right? Um, I'm I can I'm certainly a dot dot dot. I'm a queer person, and I um I'm young, and I want to taste the spice of life, like, and get my kicks while I'm still young enough mm-hmm. to get them. Uh, I don't want to live with re- with re- regrets, but at the same time, um, I really I do I do I would love to. I'm not going to be running into another huge relationship right now. I mean, if it comes, what can you say? You don't really have a say when it comes, right? Like, I wish I could be like, in three months, I'd like yeah. to meet this person. You know, but... um, but You're not seeking it out. No, not right now. I'm not opposed to it. Um, But unfortunately, this was... A, I just closed a really serious chapter in my life. And I really... It, it was one of the most... In, it was one of the best things that ever happened to me. And it taught me so much about myself about the stuff that, you know, kind of I need to work on. And it taught me a lot about about what's important. Like maybe I, I had thought uh, a couple other things were important until I really, once you live with somebody and you're both financially tied and like, you know, he really, he supported me when I had nothing. I moved in with him. I, he really scooped me up from the gutter and believed in me. Mm. And with that, Gave, and I and it gave me confidence because I knew that if nothing else, at the end of the day, I was I had him, and I had this, you know, partnership that we had, and so I was going to be okay, regardless, stewardess, waitress, whatever I was going to be, like I was going to be okay because we have, you know, we're just we, and you know, I love going to gigs. That was the best part. I love concerts. I love live music. Anybody's playing, I'm going, and they were like that too. Excuse me. So we went to gigs all the time, and so like that's something that I'll really miss. Um, but going forward, you know, in a relationship, I would, I would real, I'm, I would, I'm going to be looking for somebody who has their own lane and has their own path and is very dedicated to that and works hard because you know I think that's important. Um, 
And I would love us to have our separate kind of lanes in terms of our work or whatever we're doing, and that we also have what we share together. Um, I think that that's important. I, it's almost as if I think this is a line from like that book, The Prophet, where it's like, we should drink the same wine, mm-hmm. but we both have our own glass. We will share the same bread, but we're going to cut it in half. Because if you share the same bread and we're just taking bite for bite for bite, someone's going to get more yeah. and someone's going to get less. So we share the bread, but we each have our own piece. We drink the wine, but we each have our own glass. Mm. And I think that is kind of what I'm going to be looking for going forward. You know, watching the show, Jorge's dating life is something that I've never seen on TV. You know, that this is, um, you know, an out gay guy who is who is doing drag and drag is a huge part of his life. And. And I think and I think the show touches on it, but it's also very contemporary in that the fact that Jorge is also a drag queen is not a hindrance to and isn't that his wonderful? dating life, which because is awesome. I, mean, I think that's I hope I please don't please don't take this the wrong way, folks. Like, please don't DM me and say I'm horrible. Like, I, I'm saying this with yeah. complete respect. But I really believe that that's a new turning point that we're in right now, because when I was growing up, if you were a drag queen or if you did drag it was the slim pickings. Right. Nobody wanted to. So we, they always wanted to cheer you on from the stage, but no one wanted to be with that person. Yeah. Or at least a lot of people did. I mean, granted, I can only speak for myself, but it was tougher. And I, as an effeminate gay boy or a queer boy that I was growing up, I tried on a lot of different identities and a lot of different looks. And when I was growing up, if you weren't straight passing, like if you weren't trade, you were single. Right. Like the gay boys wanted to be with the polo wearing sweatshirt. Like it, it, we're gay, but we're not that kind exactly. of gay. And I was the kind of gay that was not a, like I was too gay. Yeah. Like I was you like, said, I you, am that you can gay. be gay, but you don't have to flaunt it. And I'm like, why not? <laughs> I mean, look at these folks. They flaunt their machismo. You know, they're celebrated for their for their for their sportsmanship, for their you know, the, and their women are celebrated for their femininity or their beauty or their you know how they're their fashion. Why can't we? And so I spent my entire high school experience. I was alone. I was alone. No one wanted to. And so then I had moments of like trying to code switch and like mm-hmm. you know if I was going if I was itching for a kiss at, on the dance floor like maybe I'd wear you know a little maybe the you know the Tims with a baggy <laughs> yeah, or yeah, you know yeah. with a fit you know I definitely I wore my facial hair and it wasn't until um it wasn't until like I was out of school. Like it was out of college because I remember even college I went to a very queer school Marymount, Fairymount. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, but uh, even in school, like I never really had those experiences th- that that the other boys were having. I was really goal oriented and I was always pursuing, and I was very confident. I'm very confident. Like I'm also like I'm I'm complicated. Like I'm really shy and nervous, and I cry all the time at home alone, not in public or on podcasts, and. Uh, <laughs> I'm just very, but I don't let that get in my way. Like, I'm very confident and I'm afraid sometimes that may come across as arrogant. Um, I don't mean it to be arrogant, but I believe in my talent and I believe in what I have to bring to the table. And I'm not scared if you also have something to bring to the table. I don't know why it has to be either. Why can't it? Oh, the day of quotes. Like Sondheim once said, does it have to be or Hmm. can it not be and, you know? I got my stuff going on, sis. You can have your stuff going on. I'm not competing with you. You're not competing with me. Like, you get it? Fabulous. I get it. 
cheering for me. You know, like, why does it always, and it always seems, you know, in college there's that competition thing. So not only was I, like, too gay, femme, skinny, lady boy for the gay boys, but also, like, there was this, there was this competition feeling mm. that, so they never really let me in. And so I just completely withdrew and just was, like, really serious about work and stuff. And so it wasn't after school. Things started changing. Suddenly, crop tops are, like, acceptable and sexy now. Which is awesome. And all of the things that you were probably sort of warned about by yeah. people who thought they had your best interest in mind about not like limiting yourself as an actor yeah. ended up serving you. Later. Yeah. And, I, and don't get me wrong. I listened for a while. Like I, I tried to be neutral in my interviews. I tried to be neutral in my dressing because I wanted to be a canvas. I really wanted to be an actor. A character actor is my 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 passion to transform and I think probably the most transformative character I've ever played was Angelique on Penny Dreadful because that was just a complete I, I, in my head I was playing a woman um, so everything from my eyes moving to my voice to my body everything was where I worked on um, and people said you know well if you do stuff like that you're never going to be anything else and I said well if I don't do it then I'm just going to sit here waiting for the rose to come my way you know whatever and then they say things like well, you know, you're probably going to just be pigeonholed and this is what you're going to do for the rest of your career. And I sat with that for a while and I thought to myself, hmm, if I get to play fully fleshed out queer characters with a with a pension for femininity and drag, I think that's OK. You know, like I <laughs> yeah. think like I if I can go to work and do this for a while, I think I'll be OK. Do I want to do other things? Absolutely. I've got dreams. I've got hopes. You know, I someday I'd really love to play Lorca. He's a really an idol for me. He's a, spla- a transcendent Spanish playwright. Uh, for those of you who don't know, he's known for uh, a trilogy, which wasn't actually a trilogy, but like postmortem is a trilogy mm-hmm. um, called Blood Wedding, Yerma and the House of Bernarda Alba. It's amazing. Spanish plays about Spain and it's because he was from Spain and it was just amazing. So I love to play him. Someday. I'd love to play vampires. Like, I'd love to play, you know, I'd love to do anything. But if that's not allotted me, and I still can do this, sis, I'm just fine. You're good. You know what I'm saying? Give a bitch some glitter. I don't know if I can say it. Can we say glitter on this podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I'm fine. I mean, you can't, you can do whatever you want to do, but I'm not going to let that stuff get in my way because um, you never know. I mean... Look at look. We got Corona going on now. We got possibly World War Three. You know, think shit happens every day. So I'm gonna do every day happy. And if I'm doing this show, or if I get to play a fleshed out, if I'm not a token, amen. And I don't think you have to worry about it. I think Katie Keene is gonna run for decades. Well, here's to come. here's here's hoping, honey. I would love that syndication check. Um, I mean, wouldn't we all? Right. <laughs> uh, Johnny, thank you so much for being Seriously, here. Oh, thank you guys so much. I got to say, this is the most like vulnerable I think I've ever been in an interview. And so that's like kind of, I don't know. I think I'll probably like leave here and be like, shit, what did I say? No, but I just want to say thank you, you guys so much for having me. And thank just you. like, uh, I don't know, it's a, it's a pretty good space here. And, and we've got some good hosts. So uh, thank you guys. Thank, thank you. you so much. Bye-bye out there in L.A. Bye-bye, Johnny. Loved it. Loved every 
second of it. Matt, thank you. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Kimmy Lucas. Kimmy Lucas. Thank you, Ryan Connor. Thank you to the whole Earwolf Stitcher gang. Especially uh, Hannah Crichton, who does the booking and is our our sweet, sweet angel. Now, you should be a part of Stitcher Premium, I think. And I'm talking to the listener now. Uh, For a free month of Stitcher Premium. So you can hear um, bonus episodes, our spinoff Momophilia, uh, Lost and Found, Matt McConkie's phenomenal uh, limited edition show. Our whole back catalog, all those interviews you missed. Yep, and so much more. Go to stitcherpremium.com slash homo for a free month. And uh, you can also get merch. We've got merch. we got t-shirts. Yeah. All your other favorite shows have t-shirts. If you go to podswag.com slash homo, you can uh, get our stuff there. There you go. You can wear also, it. You can love it. You can live it. You can get a copy of Party gorgeous. One by Dave Holmes. True. Signed Very by true. Dave. Uh, and your pick of fabulous looking uh, t-shirts. And Beautiful please uh, rate and review us. Five stars only, of course. Yeah. Uh, tell us how much you love us. If you don't, you can keep it to yourself. Exactly. Um, We're easy to find if you have notes. But, yeah. you know, keep them to yourself for now. Uh, We love you. Thank you so, 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 so much for listening. Tell your friends. Mm